In the last episode, we started to have a look at connectors. I was giving you a little bit of an introduction. And what I'd like to do today is have a look at part two. And in part two, we're actually going to start to have a look at one of the main categories of connectors. And we're going to start with connectors for contrast. That is what is on the agenda today. And don't forget to stay until the end where I'm going to share with you a burning question that somebody asked me last week. to Anna Wichuen's Business English Podcast. My name is Anna and I've designed this podcast for international professionals who want to speak more and speak better. Whether you're based in Spain, like me, maybe you're in Portugal, Japan, America, Australia, Mexico, I really hope that you can take something away from these episodes that you can implement and put into practice in your day-to-day work. That is the goal of this podcast. That is the objective to help you improve the way that you speak and just give you the confidence to speak more when you're at work. If you love the podcast, I highly recommend that you sign up to the Anna with Chuen's newsletter. I send the newsletter every week after the episode and it's basically a short and sweet summary of all the tips that I've talked about and it's the only place that you're going to get a written copy of what I talk about in the episode. A lot of people find this really useful and you've told me you find it really useful for learning the words that I talk about, having a bit of a recap and a refresh. You want to get your hands on that then sign up to the newsletter. The link is in the description box. If you want to help support the podcast even more, you can tell a friend or a colleague about the podcast, somebody else who you think could benefit from these episodes. You can also leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify. I know that it's a little bit different on other platforms. And if you do leave me a review or rating, make sure that you take a screenshot and send me it as a DM or as an email, and I will give you a free training in business listening. Finally, you can donate to the podcast through Buy Me A Coffee. This helps support me as a creator and the costs I have for running this podcast. It is a free podcast and it will always be free. So if you want to support me there, I will leave the link in the description box. So let's jump straight in and we're going to start to have a look at the first category of connectors. And remember, connectors are like linking words. They link part of the sentences together. I highly recommend if you haven't already go back to the last episode and have a look at part one because I really go over some introductory points and answer some common questions. So I think it's a really good thing to listen to before you listen to this episode if you haven't already. As I said last week, connectors, even though maybe it doesn't sound like a very sexy topic, they can actually help you express yourself in a really, really nice way. And they're very, very common in business English. In fact, you probably use some connectors already without really even realizing, but one of the most common groups are the contrasting connectors, which is why I want to have a look at those today. 
So what are contrasting connectors? Well, they kind of do what they say on the tin. They are connectors which connect different parts of a sentence or link different parts of a sentence when we're contrasting and comparing ideas. So let's put it in a business context. Let's kind of bring it into a situation which is more recognizable. They're really, really common when we are analyzing something, we're thinking about the pros, we're thinking about the cons, advantages, disadvantages, when we're weighing up different ideas, strategies. It's really common in this discussing, debating, maybe you're in a meeting or a workshop and you have to give your feedback about something, about an idea or a way forward. And really what you're doing is you're weighing up some different options. You're like, well, you know, on the one hand, I think this. However, I'm concerned that there could be a high cost, for example. So they're really common in this kind of context when you're discussing things, debating things, giving your opinions, giving your feedback. So that's why they're really, really useful for business English. And especially if you have to do this sort of thing at work. There are a couple of considerations as well with these connectors. Like I said in the episode before, there are some differences in formality, which I will touch on as I go through some of these options. And also these are all great because these are some things that apply not only in your speech, but also in your writing as well. What I'd actually like to do is go through an example and I'm going to read you some sentences which illustrate these connectors. And then I'm going to go through some of the different ones by group and hopefully break them down for you. The topic I've chosen to weigh up is a super simple, straightforward topic, which is working from home, the advantages and disadvantages, pros and cons. And I think this is something that more or less everybody can relate to. So that's the example I'm going to use. And remember, it's not really important necessarily about the the, the content or the, the topic. What's important is we're listening for those connectors. So I'm going to read that text now. Working from home has become increasingly popular over the last few years. On the one hand... There's a lot of advantages to remote work. Remote work offers a lot of flexibility when you're managing your schedule and your work-life balance. On the other hand, there are some drawbacks to consider. When people come to the office, they can be sociable and that can be a really big part of people's enjoyment when they're in their job. Whereas when you work from home, you are really there on your own and you don't have the same type of interactions, which could lead to potentially lower levels of enjoyment in your job. Nevertheless, remote work provides a lot of flexibility and most importantly for some people, reduced commuting, which is paramount for some people that have to travel really far to get to work. And even though social connections can be affected, the clear advantages of working from home like increased productivity, cost savings, can't really be ignored. Even so, it is still crucial to address some of the challenges people face around isolation and potentially blurred boundaries and not being able to manage and a more difficult work-life balance. To sum up, despite the fact that remote work offers clear benefits, there are some pitfalls that need to be avoided in order to optimize this remote working experience for employees. And while most people tend to find working from home more productive. It's true that this is not always the case across the board and therefore any productivity issues need to be addressed accordingly. The thing about contrasting connectors is they basically all do the same thing. They're all contrasting different ideas or comparing different things, weighing up the pros and cons. 
But as I said last week, some of them have a different structure when we use them, whether that's maybe a verb in gerund, a noun phrase, or a subject verb clause, that tends to be the differentiator between some of them, and also the position of some of them in a sentence as well. So there are some differences, and again, as I've already mentioned before, formalities. So let's go through some of the contrasting connectors that I actually used in that text, and I'm going to try and break them down into groups. The first group I'd like to have a look at is the ones containing though. In the text, I actually only used even though, but although and though do exactly the same thing. They're exactly the same. The only difference is that even though has a little bit more of a punch. And I would say it's probably a little bit more common. But likewise, I don't know, you could use even though or although synonymously, interchangeably. I think I'm more likely to use even though. And as I said, it's just got a bit more of a punch it's a little bit stronger, but it does exactly the same thing. Even though, although, though, they all mean the same thing. Now, though does pop up in other places in English, but as a contrasting connector, even though, although, and though are all the same. A couple of important points there is, of course, we use even though to contrast two different ideas. So I think the one that I said in that sentence there was even though... There can be issues of social isolation. On the whole, working from home tends to be more productive. So we're contrasting two things that we've got a potentially a bad point, but then with a good point. So it works really well with that. Often it comes at the beginning of a sentence, but you can also have it in the middle of a sentence as well. And the thing here to keep in mind is that even though is followed by a subject verb clause. The common mistake to make here would be something along the lines of even though social isolation, working from home is generally productive. Well, even though needs to be followed by a subject verb clause, or basically a sentence, not a noun. The next group I want to have a look at are the ites. And the reason I've called them this is because I'm thinking about in spite of, despite, in spite of the fact that, and despite the fact that. So these are the ites there. I mentioned these in the podcast last week, so I'm not going to go into these in too much detail, but they essentially do the same thing as even though you're contrasting different statements. The thing that's important with this category is that the structure that comes after in spite of and despite is different than the structure that comes after in spite of the fact that and despite the fact that. I actually went over that last week if you want to check out that explanation in depth. Interestingly enough, you can literally swap in spite of the fact that and despite the fact that with even though. It's a straight swap. It's exactly the same grammar. It has exactly the same structure afterwards. The difference is that in spite of the fact that, well, it's so wordy every time I have to say it, but you know what I mean. (laughs) I can't really shorten it though. In spite of the fact that, etc., they're more formal, even though it's much more day-to-day, it's more commonly used in general speech. Whereas, and there I'm, here I'm using one of the connectors here just in, when I'm speaking, whereas in spite of the fact that and despite of the fact that they're definitely more formal and if you use them out of place, 
it sounds too much. Let me give you an example of where this might happen. Imagine you are talking to your colleague and you're describing your holidays, for example, and you might say, we really enjoyed our holiday or I really enjoyed my holiday despite the fact that it rained a lot. Wow, it just sounds too much. It sounds too stuffy. It would be much more natural to say, I really, really enjoyed my holiday, even though it was actually raining all the time. So I would really recommend that you use the IT category really in a professional context. If you use it in a personal context or too much, it's gonna sound stuffy. Next, we've got the less group. And this is where we could have connectors like nevertheless or nonetheless. I'd also like to include however in this group, but it doesn't fit with the less thing, but even so, whatever. I want you to think about these ones like batteries with a positive end and a negative end because nevertheless and however they work around what type of tone you're using let me explain in the text that I said I mentioned something along the lines of working from home can be really difficult nevertheless it reduces commuting a lot So notice there how what I'm doing is I'm having a negative tone and then a positive tone after nevertheless. And this is really how nevertheless is used. It's used to introduce a positive tone after a negative tone. They don't have to be extremes. It doesn't have to be extremely negative and extremely positive. There just has to be a shift in the tone. So for example, it wouldn't really sound right if I said... You can really reduce commuting when you're working from home. Nevertheless, there can be a lot of social isolation. It just doesn't sound quite right. It's a little bit off key. I would understand you, but it it sounds weird because I'm used to hearing nevertheless and then kind of something positive, a little bit of a punch, like, oh, great, nevertheless, it reduces commuting. Oh, how fantastic. So in the sense of that battery... It goes, nevertheless, goes from negative to positive. And the reason I'm choosing batteries is because it's got those kind of two ends. It's kind of how I like to visualize it in my head. If you're a visual learner, that might help you. And then however is literally the other way around. So however generally follows a more positive tone. And then after however, it's a a more negative tone. So for example, if I wanted to say the same sentence that I've just said, but rephrase it, I would say something along the lines of working from home is great because it really reduces commuting and that can be fantastic for some people. However, it can increase feelings of social isolation. So however tends to follow something positive and then goes into a negative tone. However, it can also be used to introduce surprise or something unexpected and you'll notice that's just how I used it there so it's not always used in this positive negative sense but also just to introduce something surprising or unexpected in light of what has just been said before for example I literally just sent an email where somebody asked me about my availability and I said you know I'm I'm not available at that date however I do have some of these dates 
And that's not really about a negative or positive tone. It's just about saying something that's unexpected or surprising given the information that I said before. The next group I'd like to have a look at is the W group. I'm calling these the W group. And the ones, the contrasting connectors that I want to put in this group are whereas and while. You may have heard me using these type of connectors on the podcast and in the text and just before actually. Be careful with while because while is also a connector of time. For example, it could be while I spoke to the client, John printed the invoice. Okay, that is one use of while, but that's not what we're looking at here. While can also be used as a contraster as well as whereas. So these two are very, very similar. And I think I've used whereas at the end of my podcast as the word that hardly anybody uses, but everybody should, because I really feel like people don't use this connector enough. I use it a lot. And I never really hear people using it. So I feel like it could be something useful for, for you. These contrasting connectors are a little bit different because I feel like they're more neutral. They're a little bit like Switzerland, let's say. What we're doing with these connectors is we're really weighing up and contrasting different points of view or different facts about an issue or a problem. Therefore, it's less really about opinion and it's more about, okay, what are the different points of view here? And another phrase which is similar to what these connectors are doing is on the one hand and on the other hand, the absolute classic, where we're really having a look at what are the two sides of the coin here? What's view one and what's view two? We're not necessarily weighing in and giving our opinion about it or kind of looking at it from a distance, we're Switzerland, but what are the differences here? The best way that I can use to illustrate this is maybe thinking about, this is what I always ask my clients to do generally, is think about maybe your industry and think about how, what it used to be like in the past and now, and do a comparison with whereas. Or maybe it could be a contrast with something in society, for example. You could say, in the past, there weren't as many fitness options in terms of gyms, classes, whereas now the market is kind of saturated. There's so many different things you can do fitness-wise. Or it could be, while in the past there used to be a lot of activity in this sector, now it's not growing as exponentially. The next one that I'd like to talk about is also, you will have heard it in the text, and this is also another one where I really think people don't use this one enough. I think definitely people could make more of this. And you know, I don't think I've ever heard somebody use this of their own account. And that's even so. Even so follows a fact from the speaker's perspective. And it means however, or in spite of the fact that, or in spite of, I mean, it's all the same thing, right? With these contrasting things, they're just a little bit different. So you'll notice in the text, even though social connections can be effective, there are a lot of advantages from working at home. Even so, it's still important to address some of the challenges that people can face. Maybe another way to think about even so is it's kind of a short way to say, even though that's the case... So if I put that in, in, in this sentence here, it could be even though social connections can be effective, there's loads of advantages of working from home, 
But even though that's the case, it's still important to address some of the challenges. So it's basically doing the same thing. It's like, even so, it's still crucial to address that. So maybe that's one way that you can remember even so, is it's basically the same as saying, even though that's still the case, we still need to consider this, or there still needs to be some recognition of this other fact. So that was a run through of all the different groups that came up in the text. Now, what I'm going to do is in the newsletter, I'm going to send you the text that I talked about on the podcast. I'm going to send you these different tips about this. Now, what I would say is, of course, this is me going through it with you. This is a brief overview. I haven't gone too into depth. So I would suggest that you have a look at the text, you read through it. And one maybe task that you could do or action that you could do with that is maybe try and write your own text but this time using some of the contrasters, but of a topic that's related to you in your industry so that you are using and trying out vocabulary that is relevant for you. Maybe your industry's tourism, maybe it's engineering, whatever it is, any industry you can put this through, this type of exercise. Now, maybe you have some more questions as well. If you do, you can send me an email after I've sent the newsletter, ask me any questions about the connectors, but I hope that gives you a little introduction into some of those contrasting connectors and then the question of course is how to start actually using these when you speak and that is what I want to have a look at in next week's episode so before the end of the season of the podcast in next week's episode I'm going to talk about some resources that can help you and also to give you some tips and tricks about how you can actually take some of the stuff that you're learning and and how can you actually start implementing it what are some of the best ways that you can do that what are my recommendations what do I suggest what's worked with other people that I have worked with let's finish up then with the question that I was asked and I just love this question I thought you know what it's really really good so I'm going to talk about on the podcast somebody asked me if you're at a conference or a meeting what's the most polite thing to say is it can I go to the toilet can I go to the bathroom or can I go to the loo? Now, maybe you have never heard the loo before. This is a British way to call the toilet. It's a British thing. I definitely wouldn't recommend that option because I'm not sure if everybody would understand you. It would depend on the audience. But I would say the second option, can I go to the bathroom, is the most, I guess, professional, neutral, polite option Can I go to the toilet is fine. It's just a little bit more literal. So if you're in the middle of an important meeting or you're at a conference or you're networking with some people, I would probably use the second option. That's my perspective. It's my opinion. Maybe other people would disagree with me. But I think I would say, can I go to the bathroom? And if I wanted to make it a touch more polite, I might say, could I go to the bathroom instead? So there you go. That's my advice for that question really useful because it definitely pops up if you're going to a conference or maybe you're in the middle of a zoom meeting or teams or whatever so thank you Gemma for asking me that question and I hope that's useful right that brings us to the end of the episode today I hope that was useful I hope you were able to take away something from that and don't forget to sign up to the newsletter if you want to receive the information from this week's episodes and all future episodes going forward then you can sign up to the newsletter and the link is in the description box. I'll be back next week for the final episode 
of this season. Really looking forward to talking to you again and have a great weekday or whatever. Speak to you soon. Bye.